Where you? Oh, here we go. Good choice. My, my wife hates this part. Here I will start, and now the end is near. This is a flip phone. Not too many of those left. Hey, Gaggle listeners, we are coming at you for a second time this week for a special bonus episode. I'm your host, Yvonne Winget Sanchez. I cover national politics for the Arizona Republic and azcentral.com. And I'm Ron Hansen. I also cover national politics for the Republic. Today, we'll be joined by former Maricopa County Sheriff Joe Arpaio. Arpaio was voted out of office in 2016, defeated by Democrat Paul Penzone. Before that, he was Sheriff of Maricopa County for 24 years. We probably don't have to remind you that Arpaio's tenure was epically controversial. It was filled with law and order stunts and policies that made him a household name. And his reign as the county's top cop brought investigations into his policing and jailing practices by the federal government. It brought lawsuits as well, lots of them. One involved a case alleging that the Maricopa County Sheriff's Office racially profiled Latinos while he was sheriff. Now to a developing story and a bombshell today in the federal racial profiling case against Sheriff Joe Arpaio and his office. And we're learning the victims could now be in the hundreds and the cost to you, the taxpayer, in the millions. He was found in criminal contempt of federal court for violating a judge's order. Two years ago, on a Friday night as a hurricane bared down on the United States, President Donald Trump pardoned him. He ran for the U.S. Senate in 2018 and finished third in a three-way Republican primary. Now, at the age of 87, Arpaio is running for office again, hoping to reclaim the title of Maricopa County Sheriff. Now, we want to preface this is an unedited interview with the former sheriff. At times, he made comments that, you know, sometimes we didn't necessarily know how to respond to, for example, when he asked me for my papers. Let me see your papers. Hey now, <laughs> hey now. Now he sort of clarifies it by making what seemed to be a veiled reference to Senate Bill 1070. That's Arizona's immigration enforcement law that passed in 2010. He said it was more about verifying my age. Well, everybody says, uh, I don't believe you're 87. I say, you want to see my papers? I'll take my license out and show you. But we'll let you hear it all for yourself. We asked him why he's running for office again and what he's promising if he wins. You let me know when we're ready and we all can right. get this show on the road. We have our questions, right? I'm good. You ready? Yeah, okay. I'm rolling. Three, two, Welcome to The Gaggle, a political show from the Arizona Republic, AZ Central, and USA Today. We are here with Joe Arpaio. You were the former sheriff of Maricopa County. Thank you so much for joining us. Always keep the title, sheriff. I, I, I know you like to be called Sheriff Arpaio. Well, that's, that's like being called governor. They always interview ex-governors. They all call him governor, so okay. So why are you running for sheriff again? Why? This is... Well, I'm the longest-serving sheriff in history in Maricopa County. Got a lot to offer, and uh, I feel it's time for me to re-enter the race and uh, fight for our people in this county and across the United States. And we're living in tough times. I always 
not amused, but when they talk about Turkey, Mexico, South America, Central America, I've worked in all those countries. So I have a lot to offer because that affects our county when you talk about drugs destroying our nation. So I felt that, uh, talked to my wife, uh, 61 years, and she agreed, like she always does, she's a great lady, uh, and I'm gonna give it a shot, but I'll tell you one thing, I'm in to win. I'm taking no prisoners. If people think I'm doing this to get my name in a paper, I don't need this to get my name in a paper. But you are 87 years old. Why not enjoy your retirement? What's 87? We got a Supreme Court uh, judge that's older than I am. I think a justice on the Supreme Court is more important than a sheriff. We got senators, Carl Hayden. He started out as a Maricopa County sheriff, and he retired in 92 from the Senate. So I'm, I'm tired of this age garbage, but they can do it. They want to embarrass me, not you, because that's a good question. That is a good question, but you, you were very diplomatic. You said, why do it? Why don't you retire? Maybe you should have said, could you hop over a fence and take your gun out and shoot someone, being a cop, being a cop. So the answer to that is, I'm the leader. I don't go out there walking the beats and getting involved in gun battles unless they're going to try to shoot me. So let's shift gears just a bit. Uh, you lost your last two elections, the 2016 re-election campaign in Maricopa County and then the statewide race last year for the Senate. The question, I think, is um, why will 2020 be any different after what you've just seen from Maricopa County and from the state? I never lost a Republican primary as sheriff, seven straight. In 2016, I was fighting George Soros, millions of dollars, the biased federal judge going to uh, announce that they were going, they want me to go to jail doing the voting process. So that was tough. That was tough. As far as the Senate race, I came in late. My opponent already had tons of money from Washington. I had to start from new, but I gave it a shot. Gave it a shot. It was a five-month race about that. But I did get some votes, so I did lose that race. So what's I got to do with my 24 years, all my elections as sheriff? Well, let's talk about some of those years. Um, you were very well known nationally as America's so-called toughest sheriff, but your tenure was really marked by a lot of controversy and lawsuits and um, publicity stunts and controversies over the years. The county had to pay in excess of $100 million just because of your fights with the Board of Supervisors and the judiciary. And for a lot of voters, that became a real problem. Why should voters trust you now? Well, what do you mean $100 million? Settlements, attorney's well, okay, fees, outside. Years? 
Do you realize that's nothing when you're in 24 years at law enforcement also running a jail? Why don't you check all of the Phoenix police and everybody else? Why should people? voters trust you? No, you're not. I'm asked, I shouldn't be asked. No, why don't you check other law enforcement agencies? Why don't you say that I give back millions of dollars every year? What politician gives back money? Every year I give money back. I'm not even talking about all the money for the volunteer posse and my programs of cheap meals. Now, I'm not getting angry at you, but they always love to throw this hundred million out, and I never have a chance to defend myself. At least you gave me the chance to defend myself. But why should voters trust you? I think uh, I've proven myself. I think I can go into history. I'm a veteran of the Korean War, all my law enforcement experience, I had a federal drug enforcement everywhere, and sheriff for 24 years. So if I'm not doing the job, why are presidential candidates all ask for my endorsement? I've been the honorary chairman for Bush, Romney, Rick Perry. That was many years ago, though. Have no, any of the candidates this two years ago? What did he talk? Well, Trump came in. No, just before that, Rick Perry. I can, what's the difference? How many years ago? I've been doing this for 24 years. I didn't start these programs at the end. Let's talk a bit about your opponent in this. Uh, if if this succeeds, how do you assess Sheriff Paul Penzone's performance uh, the last few years? I'm not going to talk about him. They'll come later. Uh, but I will mention one thing. That's the biggest honeymoon that I ever had the media give someone. Usually they give you six months. They've given this guy three years. Do you know what I hear from my sources? Uh, I say sources. I'm not going to burn any, any reporters. Oh, we don't want to badmouth him because it makes the sheriff look good. Isn't that sad, the bias of the news media? Think of that. So, you know, I'm not going to talk about him. And I don't even know if you know how to spell his name. He never talks to the media. Okay? I wonder why. So that will come later in my campaign. And I said, I'm taking no prisoners. I'm going for broke on this race. So watch out. And I'm going to win. And then you guys will be happy because you'll get a lot more news. What is your platform? Describe your policy priorities. Well, one thing uh, I want to do, I've been a little weak with the Hispanic community. I'm not going to do this to get votes because I have a soft spot for the Hispanics and all people from foreign countries. My mother and father came here from Italy. I served, I worked in France, Turkey, Mexico. I'm in all over the world fighting battles. And uh, so I want to get into that Hispanic community. And you know what? I'm going to go down there. I'm going to, to go into the bars. I'm going on the streets. And I'm going to talk to the Hispanics and the blacks. Have you started that conversation? Have you already heard from that community to have a, a decent sense of how receptive they are to you at this point? Well, I, was, I had pretty good support. When I started the illegal immigration fight in 2006, I had a little problem. They even gave me awards when I locked up a, a military uh, you know, person reserve when he was pointing guns at 
10 people because they looked Mexican and they looked like they were illegal, I locked him up. Now, you're not supposed to do that. Of course, I took a lot of heat on that, but so what? And then the 2006 laws came through and the federal government trained 150 of my officers as immigration officers. So I'm the type of guy that enforces a law. But, but given the level of damage that was done with some of those enforcement activities uh, and understanding that the Latino community is not monolithic, how do you undo the damage for, for the people who might be persuaded to maybe even listen to you? It's tough because I go to the, whenever they have demonstration, and they still do across the nation, I'm still speaking the Republican parties, but I draw demonstrators. I always go in the middle trying to talk to them. I can't, they scream and there's nothing on this earth. I can get up on top and I can say, I apologize, I'm sorry, which I will never say, but they still will go after me. I don't think the hatred is there. I think I'm like the, uh, I don't know what you want to call me. I'm not, I'm not gonna go into certain names, and, uh, but it's there on me. So I'm gonna, I don't, I'm not gonna get their votes, a lot of them, but I still wanna talk to them. You and the president obviously have very similar views on immigration and immigration policy, and you, in many ways, got there before he did in terms of what you would want to see on border enforcement and such. Um, if you were sheriff next, the next term and the president is still in office, what would that mean in terms of law enforcement in Maricopa County? How would things look or feel differently? Well, I was a sheriff when Obama was there, but I can go on and on. It didn't change me from doing my job. Uh, Donald Trump seems to be a person now that's really trying to do something about the illegal immigration. And I was, I'm going to say, I was with him from day one, July 2015, and I'm going to be with him to the end. I'm not one of these flip-floppers. Well, I want to say love Trump because they know he's got some, you know, he with the Republican Party. No, I've been with him, and I don't care who doesn't like it or like it. I'm with him to the end. So I don't care if I lose an election, which I won't do and he's not going to lose either, but that's the way I feel. So I'm, I'm very proud of what he's doing, whether he's meeting with Putin and whatever. I love that, go in the back room, light up a cigar and get things settled. So 95% of what he does, I know, I think I know, my, or my minds go the same highway for some reason. I don't know what it is. So. If he gets reelected, new president comes in and I'm the sheriff, I'll, I'll work with him. I work for Obama. Of course, he went after me 60 days after he took office. It took him eight years to get me on a Mickey Mouse contempt of court charge with biased federal judges. I'm not running to get even. No, I'm not running. I'm running to help the people of this county and this nation. It's not to get back 
at these judges or whatever it is, politicians. So going back to the immigration question, the president's zero policy, zero tolerance policy on um, illegal immigration and um, some asylum claims has resulted in thousands of migrant children being separated from their parents. Should this policy continue? Well, yeah, I'm gonna, not going to change, but it tugs at my heart. Because when I was a young federal agent and cop, we used to raid places, dope pillars, and drag them out of the house, the mother and father, and the baby is crying, crying when you're taking, them, uh, taking their parents away. This happens every day you separate kids from their parents. Every day. Why are we so concentrated on this one issue? Let's talk about everybody. Everybody about when they're separated from their families because of violations of the law. So I do have a heart. I had a heart then when I was enforcing all these laws and you're dragging people out and the babies and kids are crying. So let's look at the whole picture at everybody. So would the policy continue or would you support that policy if you were to win? Of course I will. What a shame to say it. Within the law, I'm going to keep enforcing the law. Nobody's enforcing the employer's sanction. Have you seen any? And the judge ruled in my favor. Another judge ruled we can still do that. Um, you've mentioned how close you are in terms of your thinking with the president and such. Have you consulted him about this latest run? Did, have you mentioned this to he's him? He's in France drinking wine. So I'm not going to bother him when he's drinking, eating that great French food. I, I worked in France, too. So I'm not going to. I don't. I do my thing. Hmm. I do my thing. Now, there was a great reporter, I'm not mentioning names, I'm looking at her, that kind of leaked out that I met with the president in private, just he and I, no aides, no, but nobody at a hotel. But that reporter and others, when they followed her story, I mean, they, they, they don't know what's happening because when you have a good reporter, then you know, has some good contacts. So... You know what I tell her? What did you say? I'm not going to tell anybody what I said. But presumably, since you're raising this, you told him that you'd like to run for sheriff again. I never told him. Are you talking about six months ago? Yeah. I never told him that. I never okay. knew I was going to run for sheriff until two months ago. So have you, So you have not consulted the president or any of his surrogates, no, 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 anyone no, in the White House? No, I'm, I'm sure they've been on, what, 400 TV in the newspapers, I'm sure someone saw me announce yesterday. I don't have to tell them. They can read the papers. The You mentioned the, uh, the kind of response that you get whenever you travel the country and how it really sort of animates the people who your critics on this. Do you worry that your candidacy next year could do harm to for example, President Trump on the ballot, that you are motivating more people to show up who are going to vote Democratic just because they don't want Sheriff Arpaio. And while we're at it, we'll take it out on President Trump as well. Jeez, I didn't know I was that powerful. I'm sure the president can speak for himself and I can speak for myself when I run for office. I, to, to this day, people are calling me for my endorsement. Two years ago, they were called. They always called for my, I'm not going to name the names, but why is it 
people are still asking me to endorse him if I'm that bad. How do you feel about uh, Jerry Sheridan? He was your number two at the okay. sheriff's office. He's running for sheriff. Presumably, your run makes it much more difficult for him to secure the nomination. So why are you doing this? Why not my, pass this answer, to the next generation? Why, the answer is very simple. Everybody has the right to run for office, including me too. I have the right to run for office. So if he wants to run, that's his problem, not my own. Have you talked to him? I'm not going to. Do I talk to my opponents? Is that what you're saying? He's an opponent now. But he was your number two at the sheriff's office. Well, he, he wants to run for sheriff. Good luck. Okay, so I want to ask you two questions here. All right. What was the best thing about being sheriff? Any day, anything that you can point to? And what, if any, regrets do you have? Well, as far as the regrets, Frank Sinatra, regrets, I've had a few, but too few to mention, okay? Number two, if you want me to tell you what I have done as sheriff, we'll be here for 50 hours. So one of the best things I think I've done and I ran in 92 against the incumbent sheriff. And by the way, it's 100 years ago, 100 years where a Republican was reelected. Think of that. 100 years, and we've had five sheriffs recently Republicans. They never get reelected. But I'm just bringing that little history. So one of the things uh, that I'm proud of, because when I ran the first time, build, uh, build the tents, Increase the posse, get tough on crime. I'd like to say I did that, plus much more, much more. Now, as far as the media, I'm a publicity hound. But they always call me. You guys called me. I didn't call you. So they want to call me a publicity hound? Be my guest. You know why? I don't run a CIA operation. I have an open-door policy for the media. You came in last during your 2018 run for the Republican nomination for the U.S. Senate. A lot of the voters that I talked to, whether you like it or not, had an issue with your age, even though they did support you. How was that not an issue during this run? Well, if you want to argue about age, I think I did okay in 2012. I was so-called old then, okay? People never ask me about my age. I'm getting thousands and thousands of people that wanted me to run. And that started two months ago. And that's what made my decision to run after I talked to my wife. So what do you mean age? Come on, I mentioned before, there's just a lot of senior. What about the presidential candidates? They're in their 70s. You want to get technical? Well, you're in your 80s. It's a big deal and all. So the, I'm healthy. I go to the doctor every six months to get my heart checked. The only reason I get my heart checked is I want people to know I still have a heart, okay? So if they think uh, I'm old and crippled and I can't do the job, I got news for them. They want to throw that out there, let them do it. So final question, I just want to circle back to an earlier question. What is your platform? as a sheriff for Maricopa County. My platform is to fight the drug traffic is not being done, continue illegal immigration. I'm gonna put those tents back up again. I'm gonna do a lot of things. Everything I've done, good things have been erased, erased by a certain sheriff that 
Soros made some deals with, okay? You're referring to Paul Penzone? Pardon? Are you referring to Paul Penzone? Well, do we have a sheriff here? I don't know who he is. Nobody knows who he is. You guys don't give him any press and go in and look what the real story is, so I don't know. To me, he's a ghost. Very good. Sheriff, listen, we appreciate your time. Thanks so much, and we will let you run. All right, let's dive into some afterthoughts. Ron, what was your big takeaway from that interview? Does he stand a chance? That's a great question. And honestly, the thing that I carried into the interview is probably still the the biggest thing I'm thinking about. This is a man who was first elected in 1992. In 1996, he was reelected without any opposition. He got 100% of the votes. And then over the next six elections, his share of the vote from Maricopa County declined each time. And in 2016, for example, he was voted out as sheriff by voters. And then you get to the Senate race in 2018, just last year, he received 16% of the vote in a three-way race. His vote share in Maricopa County in the Senate race was lower than it was in the rest of the state. So the big question I had going into this interview is, what is the market for Joe Arpaio in Maricopa County in 2020? I keep going back to those numbers from 2016. This is the election that brought us both Sheriff Joe Arpaio and Donald Trump on the same ticket. And I think as you say it, this is your phrase, the voters who knew him best, the voters of Maricopa County, decided to take a hard pass on Arpaio, even as they decided to elect Donald Trump. So I think something extraordinary would have to happen to juice the Republican base in a way that turns out enough, you know, conservatives who share his viewpoint and want to see him return uh, for him to contend in a, in a meaningful way and even really make it out of a Republican primary. Right. You know, you covered the sheriff for many years and you also covered the Senate race last year and talked to a lot of voters. I think you've noted how many of them maybe appreciated the sheriff and liked him, but really just didn't see any point in a Senate uh, nomination in 2018. Now we're going to be looking two years further down the road to start another four-year job. Look, a lot of people that I talked to in 18 did like him. They appreciated his service, even though they didn't necessarily always agree with his policies. Um, But they had serious concerns about his age. Sometimes during his speeches in front of voters, like he, he wants to walk down memory lane, right? He wants to talk about some of these things that made him famous or infamous, uh, like Tent City. He wants to relitigate a lot of these legal cases that are brought against him. But the, but the point is, like, he's not talking about the issues that they really care about. He's not talking about what he's going to do to improve your access to health care. He's not talking about how he is going to, you know, secure the border or address some of these, you know, really complex asylum uh, laws that the Senate and people on Capitol Hill are, are trying to tackle in a, in a really important way. So, you know, I struggle to see what sort of uh, constituency 
he has that will get him through a Republican primary, but we also were not in the you know business of making predictions. Right. You know, one other observation is that this was a very unrepentant Sheriff Arpaio that we heard from. He would not uh, acknowledge any kind of uh, financial cost to the county taxpayers for his stewardship as sheriff. He also really wasn't promising anything new or different than what we've seen before that, again, as you've referenced, the voters sort of took a hard pass on that. So this is sort of trying again at something that, you know, we've already seen and done for many years. And it it is going to be uh, something worth watching if the county voters, the mood is so different, if the political environment becomes so charged with President Donald Trump on the top of the ticket again, that the basic dynamic is so different from 2016 than what we saw uh, that year. And we will be following his campaign and the race for the sheriff's office through 2020 on azcentral.com. Ariel Garcia will be bringing you the beat coverage, and we can't wait to see what uh, he writes. Well, Gaggle listeners, that is all we have for you today. It probably has been quite a bit. Thank you so much for listening to this bonus episode of The Gaggle. If you like these impromptu interview episodes, let us know by leaving a review on your podcast app. This episode was edited by Taylor Seeley with oversight from Katie O'Connell and Kayla White. Thanks so much. We'll see you next week. It's an honor to have you because I know you cover the state races. I don't know. Am I sure of a state race? I don't know why you're here. Well, this is actually part of our gaggle podcast stuff. So well, that's you, a side issue. Right, you Yvonne do. and I do that, and it's just political. What we cover normally for the paper is going to be the House and the Senate stuff on the federal side, but we do this political show that can be anybody down to local. Anybody watch this? Yeah, I think so. You'd be surprised. The right people watch it.